Hello, everybody, and thanks for joining me on What You Talking About. I'm your host, Wayne Lacey. This is the podcast where people can sit and chat with me and get uncomfortable a little bit. Today's episode is my origin story. It'll take you through where I came from and how I've got to where I am today. There's some interesting insight as to why I am the way that I am and and act the way that I do and, and some of the things that help create my core fundamental and beliefs. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Once again, thanks for joining us on What You're Talking About. Today, my guest host is Cam Ridley. He's the ho- uh, the guest of my second episode, which actually ironically released before this one. Yeah, because I'm special. That's right. He, <laughs> he is special beyond words. Yes. So, um, Cam, I just want to give you a little bit of insight on what my thoughts were when I put this thing together. And um, you've obviously been on the show. So you know how it works a little bit, and you know we can have a little bit of back and forth where you play me, uh, ask me some questions, try and dig into some of the things that I say, make me feel a little uncomfortable. All right? Hey, if I'm playing you, you got to let me hold your wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let me just feel like Wayne. <laughs> I don't know if your back can handle it. You know, you get a little lopsided. Hey, I'm in the gym, baby. I'm in the gym. I can hold it. <laughs> So just to put it out there, I wanted to create a platform for people that I know who have some pretty awesome stories, uh, have some backgrounds that uh, other people may be able to draw experiences off of, some inspiration off of. Um, And, you know, you got the big podcasts out there like the Joe Rogans where people come on and they get to tell their story about how they were in the Marine Corps and did this, or they had addictions and had that and and were able to, you know, grow into whatever they became as, um, and I wanted this to be a similar platform for people. Um, but the common people, people that aren't famous, people that, you know, we have things that as everyday people that we, you know, we think that we're alone, we're isolated. So hopefully, this will get out to enough people at some point and become an inspiration for someone to overcome, you know, a challenge they may be facing uh, in their life. So. All right. Wayne, are you ready? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Wayne Lacey. Yes, sir. Tell me and the people out listening, where are you from? Where did you grow up? Okay. So originally I was born in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Um, Grew up in a town called Comstock High School, which Comstock is a town very similar to DeWitt from where I grew up. It isn't today, um, but when I was going through, we were same size. As a matter of fact, my sophomore year, had we won our state semifinal game in baseball, we would have played DeWitt for the state title. Oh, that would have been awesome. That would have been kind of a cool full Ironic. circle. Ironic. Ironic. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So... Uh, but I grew up in a blue collar family. Comstock was a blue collar town. We had a big GM plant, uh, and we had, I don't know, four or five different paper mills. So a lot of blue collar, um, labor, um, union labor type work that was going on. My dad was a, uh, paper mill, paper tender who, you know, worked for the union for 30 years before they were shutting down. And, um, so, you know, you go back to that town now and it's, it's nothing like it used to be. Uh, the high school is about a third of the size as it was when I was there. Man. Um, yeah. They've consolidated all the elementary schools into one school. We had five when I was going through 
and now there's one. Five? Five. And now we're down to one. Yeah. And mm. then, um, yeah, so the high school is identical to the way that it was when I graduated. They haven't made any upgrades, any improvements. It's exactly the still same. That, still that same little pothole. Yeah, in that's the right. Lot. So yeah. you said um, you played baseball. Mm-hmm. Was there any other sports you played? Yeah, I uh, I played football and I wrestled for two years. So I was on the team. I didn't okay. really do very well it, there with the wrestling part. Yeah, or, but the yeah. football part. Football, I was okay. I was more smart than I was good. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> no, just kidding. Just kidding. So, how was your grades? I was a decent student. Um, C, B. Yeah, I'd say Bs. I was I was more of a B student. Um, I put in the work. Uh, didn't have a lot of aspirations to go to college. Okay. Um, ironically, I wanted to be, ironically, it'll come full circle, but I wanted to get into law enforcement uh, <laughs> when I was in high school. I was taking law enforcement classes. I was actually pretty, pretty staunch. I remember going to some BMX, a BMX race, but like when I was a kid, my family did BMX and uh, we were down south and we were, me and one of the um, families that we were with had a kid my age and we we're on the tire swing and, and a police officer just come up, walk to talk to us and we were just talking and, and I'm like nine and she's like, what do you guys want to do when you grow up? And I said, I want to be a police officer. I, I felt like I knew it from, from day one, from day one, I wanted to be a cop. And, um, I don't know really where it changed, but at some point from the time I was 18 to the time I was 20, I just decided it wasn't for me. Okay. So, well, well, let's do this. Let's yeah. talk about between 18 and 20. Okay. What, what changed? Well, um, I actually, I, I, I coached uh, my girlfriend at the time's younger brother in football Okay. as an assistant. Like um, one of her family friends was the coach, family friend's fathers. And I just said, hey, can I help? And he's like, yeah, absolutely. So I just assisted him that season um, with no real experience. And I really, it really changed my life. Okay. Um, Explain. I really enjoyed the educational concept of coaching these kids, um, being a part of their growth. Um, I really just, I just didn't like, I felt very comfortable there. Uh, and then the next season, the family friend, uh, his kid went up to the next level, next age group. Okay. And so I, I took the team by myself the next year and coached it by myself. I'm 19 with 10 games, eight games under my belt. So, uh, and, and we had a really good season. Yeah, you took the question right out of my mouth. I, mean, I we, was going to say, what was the outcome, like your record? I yeah. know some of you would never forget. So uh, what was four, the record? Four and two, we gave up four touchdowns all year. Only four? <laughs> Only four. Two, wow. in the, two in each game that we lost. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it that's, was, that's a great accomplishment, though. It was awesome. Um, and, you know, um, I knew that it was my calling, but I didn't know how. Okay. I, I didn't know what the next step was. Okay. So during that time frame, uh, I had some issues with my parents and just some teenage angst, if you will. And I, um, I ended up moving in with a buddy of mine for a little bit. And he says to me, he goes, Hey, you want to go to Mount Pleasant? Randy Moss is going to be in town. I had, and this is like 97 Marshall. Yeah. I had no idea who Randy Moss was. I mean, this is pre-ESPN where no, everything. No one did. Yeah. I mean. Well, how did he know? 
he's kind of a freak. He, okay. <laughs> he just, he just reads, he was, I mean, he would get the street, was it street and strip or whatever, the football magazine every week. Then, uh, and, put the, put the unknowns in there. Yeah. To make, you, to make you known. Yeah, exactly. Correct. And so I said, I sure. And we had a friend that she, she was going to CMU at the time. So we go up and we is the worst weather ever. Right. It was nasty. It was probably 40 degrees and it was raining sleet sideways. And he torched the Chippewas for ah, like 210 and three touchdowns. Wow. And I don't think he caught one downfield. I think they were all screens. Now that's probably not accurate, but it felt like it. He was taking screen screen passes and to taking them to the house. To the house. To yeah. the house. So um but growing up at, in Kalamazoo, going to a western game, going to a central game, same environment, same thing. It just felt different to me though. And and mind you, at the time, there was probably only like 15,000 people there. So it was half empty. Right. But it just felt different. Like, I really I really enjoyed the atmosphere. It just It was really just different. And it wasn't even a great atmosphere. You know, it wasn't homecoming or anything. It was just this crappy game in November. And um, afterwards, we stayed the night with, with her at her apartment with all of her friends and stuff. But we went out and went to parties that night. And again... Going to Western, being at Western, I had all this experience, but there it, it was just different. So you attended Central. Yeah, yep. So what I did, I came home from that experience. I went right to the community college the next day where I was already taking classes and uh, got my application for transfer. Instantly. Instantly. I filled out all the paperwork. I was accepted by February. Oh, wow. Of 98, and I ended up transferring up there and started in the fall of 98. Okay, what was your major? Uh, education. So I have an education degree, physical education, and I have a double minor in health, school of health education, and substance abuse education. Substance abuse? Yes. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> so one of the things <laughs> that uh, really drove me to, to, I guess one of the things that really made it an uncomfortable position for me in Kalamazoo, um, I didn't fit in to the Western environment. For whatever reason, um, me and my friends would go to these parties and we didn't go to Western. And so I felt like we were, you know, treated like outsiders. Outcasts. Yeah, outcasts. And, mm-hmm. you know, once we felt that, we embraced it. And once you embrace it. Usually you embrace it and trouble comes along. Yes. Yes. With, uh, embracing being an outcast because now you feel like you have something to prove. That's what did you prove? If you don't mind me asking, I proved that I needed to leave. But what I, I think the question you might be asking <laughs> is, what did we do? Correct. Um, there were some some fisticuffs here and there. Some, okay. Uh, some outward, really jackassery. I mean, we weren't very nice to people, um, you know. And I actually, right before that trip to Mount Pleasant, kind of said to myself, I need. Like this isn't it. I I've got to go somewhere. I can't be here anymore because if I if I stay here, something bad's gonna happen, and it's gonna change my life. Um. Okay, I'm digging in. Yeah. Did something bad happen? And if so, what was it? In Kalamazoo, no, no. So so in Mount Pleasant. Yeah. Elaborate. Please. All right. So. Even though I moved, removed myself from the situation doing what I thought was right, I still had some negative influences in my life okay. from, from back home. 
And um, during my junior year, I, you know, I was given an opportunity to parlay some money that I had saved into a business. Now that business was less than desirable and it was somewhat illegal. Um, can I know what the business is? Yeah, I can share that. I, I got caught. I, I got into selling marijuana. Illegally. Illegally. Yeah. Because, you know, now you can yeah, I know. do your thing. So right. illegally yep. selling marijuana. Mm -hmm. What was the consequences? Well, so I got through most of the year and then I ended up getting myself into some trouble. Um, probably not. I wasn't really necessarily doing things to get myself caught, but I was rolling with people that were. And okay. it kind of it came back and got me. And um, explain that what it came back and got me. Well, so, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I've never yeah, been in trouble. Absolutely. I find that hard to believe. It, I, I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm, hey, I, hey. Mama, mama wasn't no joke. Hey. So explain. Yeah. So, you know, when you're doing things that aren't, you're not supposed to be doing, the chances are the people you're doing them with aren't the most honest people. Correct. Okay. Uh, a hard lesson I learned. Um, I got caught up in um, someone else's sting operation. Mm. Um, that they were, they got themselves out of trouble with me, and they're actually the person that I was actually getting. Yeah, he was supplying me. It's weird. So he put put it on you. Yeah, put it on me. But that doesn't mean I wasn't guilty of. No, 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 yeah. no. We're not saying that. Yeah. So that's that honesty part of who you're right. associated with. Yeah, absolutely. So therefore, what were the consequences after he put it on you? What? What took place? So I ended up going through the court system, and I got convicted of a felony, um, which was a tough, tough go. Um, as a parent, I can't imagine that finding out one of your uh, mm -hmm. kids' teachers is a convicted felon would be too terribly exciting for you. Correct. Yeah. So, you know, when I went through this, there was a lot of... How old were you, Wayne? I was 20... It was 2001. You had already graduated? Not yet. I wasn't out of school yet. So still in school? Still in school. So okay. I, I had choices to make. Um, so I was 25. Were you? Yeah. I was born, you, in, born in 76. You're, yeah, you're so still in school? Yeah. I had a late start. Nope. I had a late start. That's what you call it? Yeah. All right. It's fun, though. No. It is. <laughs> I, I bet. I bet. So explain more yep. of what were the consequences? What uh, you said a felony. Yep. Years of probation. Did you do any jail time? Was it any? I mean, did yep. you have to share some biscuits with somebody? Oh, no. <laughs> Talk to me. Well, so, you know, when I go when I when I reflect on that time, I, I think of um, the people that were there and they got me through it. So. You know, first and foremost, my parents were there for me and they need, I mean, obviously they're my parents, so they should be, but they didn't have to be. Correct. Uh, my family was there. My brothers and sister were there for me. Um, and then of course, uh, at the time, my girlfriend, who was now my wife, stood by me, which she really had no business standing by me. I was such an ass, but I ended up going to jail for 75 days. Uh, I was lucky enough to be granted what's called work release. That's almost three months, bro. Yeah. Wow. And I was able to go to school 
So they let me out for school. Um, so I kind of leveraged that as like, okay, I'm gonna cut you off. So yeah. I'm never been in trouble. So yeah. I'm, I'm trying to picture this myself. Mm-hmm. So work release and you said go to school. So did you, you got out at certain times, somebody had to pick you up or, I mean, how did this work? How did it work? Yeah. So I was released in the morning and I didn't have a driver's license because they took that from me. Of course. And so I had to get a ride again. My, my girlfriend would pick me up in the morning. And which take, is your wife now. Which is my wife now. And she dropped me off at the at one of the school buildings, wherever my first class was for the day. And then I just basically needed to mind my P's and Q's for mm-hmm. the entire time I was out. And I did. Um, so you pretty much just slept in jail. Yeah. Well, so, or, weekends. Or, or weekends you were Week, in there and yeah. there because it wasn't no school. Right. Weekends too. Yeah. Okay. So the one of the, you know, big um, lessons learned there is, you know, when I went in and I was sitting with the jail administrator who, um, he's the one that manages like work release and stuff. He's the administrator. I mean, that's what he does. He do admins. And uh, he said to me, he goes, listen, he gave me, he gave me my schedule. He goes, here's when I'll let you in and, you know, let you out. And he goes, I'm giving you a rope. Mm-hmm. And you're in a hole. You're in the biggest hole you've ever been in your life. And you have a choice. So here's your rope. And you can either pull yourself out. You can hang yourself with or you, it. Or you can hang yourself with mm-hmm. it. Knew that was coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, as simple and as maybe even as common as that phrase is used, it was, ex- to me at the time, it was extremely profound. Oh, it, I mean, if you don't take it serious, uh, it is very profound. Right. So... And, um, so I, honestly, that stuck with me, obviously to this day, it's been, gosh, it's been 20 years, you know, since that conversation, 21, 21. Um, yeah. And so, you know, I did my thing and got out, um, but it wasn't over there. Right. I mean, you got to think about somebody who just spent thousands of dollars on an education, Mm -hmm. four years of his life studying and, and driving towards a goal that is now completely out of grasp. I mean, there's just no way for me to be even apply with a straight face. Correct. To teach at, you know, seven months out of college and 10 months out of jail or whatever it was. Right. Got off probation early. I mean, I did everything, the things I needed to do. I, I got, I took it serious. I'm glad. So, So the next step for me was to um, start life, right? And so we both graduated college, my wife and I, still girlfriend at the time, who, again, I... Still by your side. By my side. Still like, by your side. You, you know, people talk about ride or dies, and if you've ever met my wife, uh, she wouldn't come off as one, right? I mean, she's mm-hmm. really pulled, laid back, but uh, she, she really... She really takes, you know, um, me very serious. Like she's, um, I know this. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. I know this. <laughs> you I do. know this. Yeah, she takes you very seriously. So, yeah, uh, you know, she always had my back. Always. That's that's all you can ask for. I know. That's all you can ask for, and it's it's. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. You know, but I'm looking at her 
And I'm going, okay, this, this woman has me on a pedestal. She expects me to be the man that every woman. Wayne, she didn't expect you. She knew it. So this, this is the difference that you said expect. No, she knew it. If she didn't know it or didn't feel it, she wouldn't have been there. Right. That's easy to say now. And you're, you're right. You're it's, right. It's, it's, it's not easier to say now. <laughs> it's, she's here now. Like she's right. still with you. That's your wife. That's fair. So that's, that's the way to look at it. So let me rephrase that then. Um, that is the reality. But my reality at the time was because of what I was going through. Um, I felt like I was a huge disappointment to her life. Like I am going to not be able to provide for this woman and, and our family. Mm-hmm. And I act like it. I mean, I, I, I didn't do anything overt. I didn't, you know, there's nothing really that stupid. I just didn't treat her well, you know? Okay. Um, and you know, we went through our ups and downs and, but she had me, she had my back the entire time and just kept telling me to let's fast forward. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. Because I mean, I'm, I'm ahead of the game. Yeah. Patricia is awesome. Right. Okay. So what changed in you? What finally set in and made you realize first off, I have a great partner. Okay. Mm -hmm. Second is what actually made you, change what clicked um i don't know i mean so just getting up every day and and time is your best friend and your worst enemy right Mm -hmm. your worst enemy in life because you're gonna get old and die one day but it's your best friend because (laughs) when you have when you have things that you have to overcome they uh the time you know, really starts to erase some of that stuff. So what changed my life? I got a job opportunity that I didn't expect. Uh, where was that? It was a company called AmeriQuest Mortgage. Okay. And I was selling cars, and this woman comes in. <laughs> I see you as a car salesman. Oh, stop. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead. Go, go ahead. I go. hated it. My bad. <laughs> so I, I sold a, a Toyota Corolla, and, like, not even a nice one. It was, like, the, the roll-up windows, entry-level Toyota Corolla to this woman. A&B. We call that an A and B vehicle. A and B? A and B. It gets you from A, a to B. B. Ain't no bells and whistles. None. A and B. And we're sitting there, and I'm writing her up, and she says, you'd be really good at what I do. And I and I asked her, I said, well, what do you do? And she says, and she told me, she said, I'm in the mortgage business, and I write loans. And she's like, I'm not really good at it, but, but you would be. And I was like, okay. She's like, here, call me tomorrow. And so I called her the next day, and she got me on the phone with her boss. And I don't know if Vito's going to listen to this, but he's still a good friend of mine today. Okay. And he pushed me off for two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. And I said. Did he check your background? I, we'll get to that. Oh, my bad. That's I'm, all right. I'm excited. Two weeks. He, he was like, call me tomorrow. Call me tomorrow. And finally, I said, I called him. He's like, I'll be back Monday. He went to, he went to the Super Bowl for work. He went to a. Mm. And so I'm like, all right, listen. I called him when he got back. I said, listen, I'm not going to stop calling you until you at least talk to me. So when can I come in? And so I interviewed with him and, and I told him everything. He goes, ah, I'm not worried about it. I like you. Mm. He goes, I like you. You're going to kill it here. Um, I'll worry about that. And that was all it took. And once I realized 
that's where it changed for me because before that, I always thought there's this black cloud over your head. You would think. You would and think. then I realized that if you have talent and you're honest and, and you push and you step outside your comfort zone, and I mean, it was uncomfortable to talk about that. Still is today. Still, I can I can see it on your yeah, face yeah. right now. Y'all can't see his face. I can see his face. <laughs> and um, once I was able to overcome that hurdle for the first time, because when I sold cars, they didn't ask. They didn't ask. I just they just like, oh, you can sell cars. I don't know. I'm gonna try. And they're like, okay. Yep, that's and, the car business. And so so that was the first real job that I had to overcome that. And once I did, I'm like, well, shit. Yeah. You know, I mean, there is an opportunity for me out here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, fast forward a couple of years, uh, I'm still struggling a little bit because my passion still is to be with, to be around kids and, and help them grow and teach and things like that. But I knew that it wasn't something I wanted to do full time because I really enjoy doing what I do. I love what I do. I wouldn't, I can't see myself doing anything else. Do you see it as work? Me? Absolutely not. Okay. I mean, this is, this is the job that I was meant to do. Mm-hmm. And, um, found your niche. Yeah. And, um, so I ended up applying to coach baseball at a local high school and I went into the interview and I sat down and I said, you know what? I really don't even want the job. I really don't. I just, but I'll volunteer. Like if you want me to, if I'm the best candidate, then by all means, I'll take it. I'd love it. Correct. But if you have somebody, if like I'm one a and someone else is one B Give it to them, and then I'll assist. I don't need the money. I don't want the money. I just want to be around the kids. You wanted to coach. Yep. And they just looked at me and said, okay. You're our guy. Yep. And, <laughs> and, and again, was honest with them, mm-hmm. you know, right away. Uh, I even answered, you know, the questions on that, which they, they go, you answered yes to the felony question. Is that correct? I said, yeah. And Owned it. Yep. You owned it. And, and they were like, well, what's MCL 3401? B. <laughs> I was like, you can look it up. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. you can look that up or whatever. I can't remember. I had my 314017B or something. I don't remember. But anyway, I, I had the the MCL on there for, I knew it for the longest time. But so I ended up coaching there for, uh, I ended up coaching there for nine years. Uh, local. Locally. I, I'm not going to say just because I don't, you know, if a parent, okay. you, know, Dundee. you know, I don't. Dundee. But. But yeah, I coached there for nine years. Um, I've never felt more welcomed than I did there, as far as like an outsider. Um, okay. It was, it was, they they every year, man. Coach Lacey, hey, it's good to see you, Coach Lacey. I'd go to football games, and parents would pull me aside, and you know, past kids that I coached, and they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, you know, Jack's doing great. He's at this school or whatever, whatever," and just really impacted lives there. So, you know. Uh, part, I used part of that experience to, I'm, I have since said it expunged, so it's no longer on my record. Of course. Um, okay. which is an off, an awesome thing that exists for people that, that truly only make a mistake. Correct. And, um, or get blamed or get blamed. No, I, Hey, nope. I, I didn't get blamed. I, well, the reason I'm saying blamed is because you stated that pinpointed it on you. So that's the only reason I'm using that term. That's fair. You still made a mistake, but you also got blamed as well. Instead of the person, right? Whoever it is, not owning it theirself, right? And honestly, that is 
I'm going to back up to when I was a kid for a minute. When I was 16, 18 years old, I didn't hang out at Comstock. I hung out in Kalamazoo. And I rolled in some neighborhoods that... That I wouldn't roll in? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I mean, it was... I mean, one New Year's Eve, I had a gun pulled on me mm. for being white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was it. And what you doing here? Yeah. What you doing here? What am I doing here? Yeah. Um, you undercover. So, you undercover. I, right. You undercover. Right. Mm-hmm. So it, it created an environment, or it, it, what it did, though, I mean, it, it taught me uh, integrity. I mean, uh, you know, when you think about an environment like that, integrity is not the first word that pops into people's minds, right? Correct. Criminal. I'm trying know, to see where you're going with it because it, it didn't pop in my mind. No, absolutely not. Be, because... No stitch. Don't snitch, right? Snitches, of course. Snitches get stitches, right? All day. That is another way of saying have some fucking integrity. Correct. Okay? You you, you did your thing. Thank like, you. I did what I did. Yep. Um. And, you know, thinking back to the, the that specific lesson and others, too, about, you know, that time in my life, I did what I did. And I didn't. I, I, it's, I got to pay the piper. I had no idea what that looked like. Um, you found out quickly. Oh boy. Oh boy. You found out quick. Yeah. Yeah. And so once I did, you know, and, and so when it came down to it, you know, that is what led me to, you know, the fact that I got into the situations that I am today. And the fact of the matter is, is that first and foremost, my, my parents both passed away. Uh, my dad passed away in 2012 and my mom passed away in 2019 and uh, my dad got to see me become a father and that was pretty big. That's awesome. But uh, the level of success that my life has achieved was just starting mm-hmm. at that point. And, um, He'd be really proud of not just the man I became, um, but the father, but the father that you are. Right. Yeah. I'm I'm going to say this too, let you get a control of yourself. He's still proud of you. Oh, for sure. Like, like seriously, you, what I'm getting is you're so prideful right now. That's amazing. Like that's, that's something people should strive for. You know what I mean? Your whole, like what I'm just from here, what I'm this, this energy right now is you wanted to make your father, your parents proud of you after your little hiccup, your little hiccup. And you said, dad, dad was able to see that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Dad was able to see that. Yeah. And, the, the thing that just really, uh, you know, that I guess that I just hang my hat on is th- the things that I've been able to accomplish in spite of that. Mm-hmm. And I'm cynical to people, probably unfairly cynical to people that give me excuses as to why they can't accomplish something. Because if I can achieve what I've achieved in my life and I'm not, I'm not the mayor, right? 
my achievements are all pretty much personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are people better than me at my job, and there's people that are better fathers than I am, and there's people that are nicer than I am or have better attitudes or whatever. Like, I mean, there's better people in this world than me. But I think I'm okay, and if I can... I'm glad you think that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just, when I sit back and think about what I had to do to get where I'm at today, I mean, there's no... There's no excuse that somebody can't overcome it. I mean, th- there's going to be a guy that I'm interviewing, you know, for this show coming up that he shared a post. The reason I'm going to interview him is because a post he shared on Facebook not too long ago where he, you know, it's his mugshot. And then I know what he's accomplished since. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got a restaurant, you know, and mm-hmm. he's ran a couple of different successful businesses. And I'm just like, you know, what in the world? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, when, when you have, when you have things like that come up in your life, it's not about, it's not about the suck. It's about how you overcome the suck. Yes. And, 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 and you build off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and, and those are lessons that I hope have come through in my coaching. Um, and some of the things that I've been able, you know, to participate in, uh, when we get in a position where, you know, we're down. I mean, I obviously you you coached with me for three years, mm-hmm. um, and my expectations were always that we were going to win. Uh, nothing less. Nothing less. And it didn't matter because I knew no matter the obstacle, like people are able to overcome it, and I. Or you're living testament, living proof of that. Right. And and that's where I drew a lot of that. And you uh, are coaching with you for three years. You brought it up. You Every time a player would say, I can't, you would get infuriated. Yeah. Because that word doesn't exist. Now, right now, everything is making sense to me. Because you never elaborated on why you got so upset when a, a kid, a youth, a mm-hmm. kid would say, I can't do that. How dare you say that? Right. Like your face would get red and you would, <laughs> you would, you would cut into him. Like seriously, you would cut into him. Right. I'm like, damn, why are you so harsh on him? Never knew until right now at this moment, it's pride. And I can't doesn't exist in your world. And it shouldn't exist in no one else's world. But you never stated that. You catch what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But now I understand. Okay. Well, good. I'm. <laughs> no, no. Seriously, no, like I, I'm, I'm so like drawn in right now. I'm oh. Like, okay, I'm, I, I'm knowing Wayne Lacey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dream of mine to walk into a restaurant or a location and have hear someone whisper, "Is that Wayne Lacey over there?" That's Wayne Lacey. Is that Wayne Lacey? That's Wayne Lacey. Yeah. So if you're listening and you ever see me. Say to somebody, hey, so just, I do, can, just do that for so him. Just do that for him one on. time. Hey, that's Wayne Lacey. Is that? That's how I'm going to approach him every day now. Is that Wayne Lacey over there? Yeah, I think that's Wayne Lacey. So, yeah. but, but I mean, you know, I believe that you're right. I can't doesn't really exist in my Mm-mm. vocabulary. But I'm also humble enough to know that in order to overcome in order to overcome your can't, 
you have to have the foundation underneath you to support that mentality. Hmm. And if you aren't right, and, and that's where uh, my mother and my father both really helped me overcome the stuff in my life because they taught me that from a young age. Like I raced BMX. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my older brother is raced BMX. So I got into it naturally. Um, and from the time I was like seven to like 10, I was a bad motherfucker. Okay. I was number eight in the nation okay. at one point in my life. I need proof. Uh, there's a picture somewhere, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you I'll got, have to find the it. The thing is, is I know you, so uh, it, it's going to be two days from now. Cam, look at this. You're going to text me. <laughs> now say I wasn't. Now say I, I already feel that coming. Yeah. So, but, but that word foundation, you left a person out. Oh, no, I, I, I agree. No, my wife for sure. Yes, no. you, left the word, you, le- you left a person out. Right. Uh, I understand we're talking youth-wise. Right. Yes, absolutely. Well, I mean, but part of that, the reason that she's there from like from my perspective, the reason I chose her, if you will, um, is because of the lessons that like I learned. I mean, I watched my parents. My parents were married for fifty years. Wow. I mean, that's not something that our generation really is doing. No, right? Correct. I mean, and trust me when I tell you, I. I you know, it was it was not something that was done easily for my parents. Like they had their moments, mm-hmm. they had their their interpersonal issues that they dealt with that we all deal with. Mm-hmm. I remember two specific financial issues that they went through as a kid growing up, and probably my fault to it in the sense that like they wanted me to have my stuff and my brothers to have and my sister to have the stuff that we needed and wanted to have a good life. You know what I mean? Like Correct. it wasn't our fault, but that's why it happened because of us. Like they want. And uh, so watching how they laid the foundation for their lives and then creating uh, our, you know, instilling in us to create our own or lay our own foundation Correct. as well. And so, yeah, I mean, my wife and I, we, we're polar opposites now. Like, we always really have been. I'm extroverted. She's introverted. Um, you know, I like to go do things. She likes to stay home. Um, mm-hmm. But, and it creates issues and challenges in our lives, right? Because that's it is what it is. But, you know, one thing that has never crossed my mind is divorce. And that comes from the foundation that my parents laid. You worked through it. You work through it. I mean, that's that's all you've seen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, death to you part in in my life is it's real, you know, and it's dedication and it's not easy, and um, you know that's she's a big part of my wealth, right? And I don't mean that in a money way. I mean it's I'm extremely wealthy. I've got a you know a wife that loves me. I've got two children that are fantastic kids great personalities. They do well in school. They, they treat others well. Um, you know, I mean, it's just, uh, and then I wouldn't have it without her, you know? And you know, that's, I'm pretty lucky guy. I wish we had a clap button. There you go. Yeah. There it is. There you 
is. Hey, everybody. Hey, that's what's happening. Wealth. Wealth. Wealth, and it's not money. No. No, like, I'm glad I'm glad you explained that, because most, nine times out of ten, someone says wealth. First, you think, oh, millionaire, billionaire. Wealth isn't money. It's happiness. Yeah. Stability. Yep. That's what wealth is. And a lot of, ninety percent of the world don't understand that. Just sad. It is. It is sad. Okay, so, boom, boom, boom. Trouble, fix yourself. Um, what came after that? You you coached for nine years. Yeah. At a local spot. Uh-huh. Okay. What happened after that? What took place in your life after that? Well, so I was able to, um, you know, in my professional world, I've been able to build up a pretty significant business. Okay. Okay. Significant. So you were in mortgage. Did you stay in mortgage? Yeah. Yep. I'm in the mortgage business. Uh, In 2015, I was given an opportunity to open up my own branch of a company. Awesome. Um, And when I I was exploring that. Can we name drop? Sure. It's Cherry Creek Mortgage Company. 517-481-4532. 517-481-4532. And, you know, it was funny when we were having that conversation, my wife and I were having that conversation about, like, you know, what's the best move for the next step in my career? I told her, I said, one of the things that I really want to do is I want to uh, impact the community. I want to do stuff. Like, I don't just want to make money and live our lives and pay our bills and go on vacations and all that stuff. I want to actually impact the families in the community that we, that, that is actually building my business. Correct. So we started, um, in 2016, 2016 might've been 17. I'd have to, I don't remember the first year. It was 2017. We partnered with a group of women who coordinate golf outings and we had our first annual Cherry Creek mortgage golf outing. Awesome. And we came across an organization that is absolutely heartbreaking that it exists, but it's an awesome organization. It's called Small Talk Child Assessment Center. Okay. And um, we ended up raising about $12,000 that year for them. First year. First year. Awesome. Uh, And then we partnered with New World Flood, uh, which is a local organization as well, the same year. And we raised, I don't recall the number, but it was somewhere near $20,000. Okay. So in the first year, we um, we raised, you know, thirty $32,000 $32, for local organizations. Local. Too. So if, if you were in need, um, the money I raised helps you, right? And that was my goal. And since then, we've had um, four more golf outings. We've raised over $100,000 for local organizations. Um, and... Um, I, you know, I've donated money to local organizations for various things, but most notably the DeWitt Youth Field needed a new scoreboard. So I was able to do that as well because of, um, you know, because of one, the mission that I set out on Mm -hmm. and, and two, the community that I, I put it in, you know, I mean, that money that I, that I was used, that was able to use to buy that for the organization didn't come because, you know, I make widgets and I sell them all over the country. Right. They, they were because people trusted me to help them 
achieve, you know, the goal of home ownership. Their dreams. Some their of dreams. Their dreams. Right. Correct. So that's that's my way of giving back. So, um, and, and you know, as far as the golf outing, that's something that we continue to do annually. Right. And the whole key is like I love that. What you went to school for, first off, is children teach. So in a way, the full circle of donating a scoreboard to the youth football organization of the town you live in. It's like a full circle of I may not be in my educational field, but I'm damn sure still going to help the children and show them that you can accomplish anything you set your mind and your heart to wealth. Well, I, I appreciate that. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, yeah. Give them, giving you flowers right here. <laughs> that's just, I'm just saying, that's, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Uh, I, uh, it, it's, it's been a wild ride. Um, a lot of people will maybe say, oh, I don't really like Wayne. I've heard it. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just being honest. No, that's fair. I've and, heard and, it. And, and tell me, you know what? Why? I just want to know why. I know why, but I want to know, well, like, th- did you ask him? I, a couple people I did. Yeah. Um, and I said a couple. Yeah. It's because uh, outside looking in, uh-huh. uh, ah, the way I might explain it is because I always come to defense. I, this this is not a fair question because this, right. is, this is my guy. Right. So it's not a fair question because I'm like, I ain't his big brother, but I'm the little brother, but I'm the big brother. <laughs> if that makes sense to all y'all out there in the world. It's that. They outside looking in, you don't talk to everyone. Uh, sometimes you look unapproachable. Uh, and you are direct. You speak what you feel. And some people just can't take that. Right. Or don't understand it. Um, which I actually love it because then I can talk the way I want to talk. Right. But like some people just don't get it. You're not going to put on a front just to make somebody feel okay. Yeah. You, are you, are you, yeah. Is, I'm, I mean, I'm, I don't know. Well, yeah. I know you understand. I'm right. just hoping I'm explaining it well. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. For the audience mm-hmm. to understand as you come as you are. Either you're going to accept me or you're not. And the funny part is you don't give two shits if you don't. <laughs> that's that's the whole part. Like, I honestly, I, I do believe when we met, I think we've been friends for good six or seven. Yeah. I would say seven. Yeah, because it's going on. Yeah. I would say seven. Okay. So a good yeah. seven. And it was the day on that field when the way you were boom, boom, boom. And then you look at me, you said something, I said something. And I say, I like this dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But you got some parents right next to me with their nose turned up. Yeah. And I kind of smiled because yeah. I dug it because you spoke to me the way you, it's how I'm going to talk. Mm-hmm. It's how it is. Yeah. And it's funny that I, I, that's exactly what I was thinking when I asked you the question. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. And um, you know why I, I'm that way? I, I, you're going to tell me. Yeah, so go for, for sure. It. Yeah. <laughs> because in that courtroom, when I was being sentenced, there was three people, four people behind me. Five. Sorry. Sorry, Steve. My brother, my sister, both my parents, and my wife. Five. Five people. Mm-hmm. 
I, I think I could have stated that, and I didn't even know that. Right. I'm dead serious. So, so when I think about what I'm saying, or I mean, I'm always respectful to people. Like I, oh, I, I didn't say you no, said anything I, rude. No, I know. I want, I want to clarify yes, that. Yes, right. Yeah, he did not yeah. say anything rude. It's yeah. just the way it comes out. Yeah, I, I am respectful to people. I treat people with respect. I, I, I value. Um, people's self worth. Like if you know, I don't ever want to come down on anybody for anything. Like that's just not my nature. I'll walk away first, right, mm-hmm. uh, before I start I've, calling someone out their name. I've seen that. Um, so that being said. Uh, I also really don't give a shit if you like me because when I was alone, <laughs> there were only five people, two were gone, that that came that, that mattered to me, mm-hmm. like or that I mattered to, for them to go out of their way and see me at my absolute worst. Correct. So when it comes down, like that is why. I am direct and I really, I, I, I care, but I don't, I care how it makes you feel in the sense that I, I again, I don't want to put anybody in a position to feel bad about themselves, but I don't care how it makes you feel about me. Correct. Let me, let me explain something to, to the audience. Mm-hmm. Um, Wayne would, he would say something to you, but the thing that I love about him the most, yes, I said love, don't, don't get all bubbly over there thing I love about him the most, he could say the most stern statement to you and mean it, but this is his next phrase. This is what he says. Such and such, such and such, bye. But let me explain why I'm saying this. He says that after everything, when he says his statement, like I could ask him a question, and I said ask, too. Did you see that? Did Mm -hmm. you catch that? Yeah. Yeah, Thanks, bro. (laughs) Uh I could ask a question. Boom. He had come back with a a comment and he knows that it's a straight direct comment and then it, before you could even say anything his statement is let me explain why I said that and the reason why I said it we just had that conversation a couple months ago right a couple months ago and before I hey I'm fine with it. I said I'm fine with that you know what I'm talking uh-huh. about I said I'm fine with that and, no cam let me explain why I said what I said and I'm going to tell you why. And that's what he does. So a lot of people can't take the straight direct of, of, of Wayne Lacey. Mm-hmm. So therefore, they can't take it from someone else. They can't take it from da-da-da-da. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the way you deliver it at times is you have a straight face. Right. And, you know, sometimes I say stuff to people that I have a smile. And they be like, oh, okay, da-da-da. But... You don't have no damn smile. <laughs> and a straight face, and it's that eye-to-eye look. And then, like, oh, shit. Like, is he mad? Is he angry? But you're not. But it's more of a boom. Let me explain why. Right. Then once you justify why you said what you said, hmm, I, I understand. I can see that. Mm-hmm. But some people aren't built that way. Some people are not built that way where it's, oh, I'm cool with that. Yeah, because I value your opinion. Mm-hmm. Some people don't know how to value opinions mm-hmm. or a statement. Real talk. I'm not saying for you to change that oh, or whatever. Yeah, right. Because I know he ain't. No. Nope. I know he ain't. Tool he look, he looking at me right now. Like, <laughs> and what's your point, Cam? That's that's the look he giving me because that's, that's him. That's who he is. And you're the type of guy that either you're going to accept me for who I am or I'm going to keep on moving. 
Real talk. I just wanted to tell you that. Yeah. Well, I, thank I mean, you. But I, I, I dig it. Yeah. And yeah. And that is, I'm glad that you were able to articulate that for others because that's the hard part for me because to explain to people or at least try to um, get people to understand because I, I don't care enough to explain it to them. I know. Right. I mean, it's I, I, trust me. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I, but the funny thing is it's, it's, it's funny because in my job, I have to be liked. Facts. Right. And Explain how, okay, what switch uh, <laughs> turns on or off? Because I know in your job, you have probably some comments that come back or some type of rebuttals or something, and you just, I know you probably take a deep breath. <laughs> <sighs> okay, do I be Wayne right now, or who do I be? Um, I think there's a, a different level of accountability first and foremost, right? Okay. Um, uh, when I'm in a personal situation, there's no, the only accountability that I have is me, right? Yes. It's like, I, I can say what I want to say right now and I can deal with those consequences or I can walk away. Right. Mm-hmm. When I'm working, like first and foremost, I, I'm in a, I'm in a position of service. Thank you. Okay. One. And, and so when I'm in a position of service, uh, part of serving is to take, some of those dumb comments and just brush them aside. Okay. Right. And then, um, I care, I care about what we're doing. This is an important thing that they're going through that I do every single day. Like every single day I'm doing mortgages. Like I buy houses every day, mm-hmm. you know, and the people that I'm dealing with don't, this might be their first time. So do you put an accountability of their stress level? You're already thinking about oh, absolutely. Like what they're thinking and boom, boom, boom. Yeah. So you are, you're able to, okay, they're, they're, their pressure's up. So yeah. they're, they're, they're in their mode. So, yeah. okay. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. So I, I, you know, I try to take as little off or as most, as much off their plate as I possibly can. Okay. And, and third is, is it's a relationship business flat out. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy building the relationship. And some of that is my arrogance, right? <laughs> when you meet somebody that you know doesn't want to talk to you, mm-hmm. right? It's kind of like when you were a teenager and you met a, oh, a young lady, you know, at a dance. Why are you going in your Billy D voice oh. when you said the young <laughs> A young lady. lady. <laughs> um, <laughs> at a dance. And, and you're talking to your homies over in the corner. I said, homies, <laughs> your friends. You, you, did, you did say homies. Go ahead. When you're talking, Continue, you, you're, you're hanging in the corner with your friends. And um, and you're like, I think I'm going to get that girl's number. And your friends are like, no, bullshit. No, you're not. You ain't got it. And then you're like, yeah, I am. And then you walk over and she's like, no, nah, I'm all set. And you're like, come on. And she's like, no, nah, I'm all set. And finally, you're able to do. That's the part of my job that I really, really enjoy is the courting of people that don't want to deal with me at first. It's a great choice of words. I yeah. like that. Yeah. And so when you, when you have a standoffish interaction at first and you're able to get that person to, you know, leave a five-star review and, and just be ex- so excited it like nobody will be able to read that review with as, as much excitement as I will. Right. You won. Cause I won. You I did, won. I did a really good job and I was able to build a relationship. And the funny thing is, is I'm telling you that, I think back to how I met my wife. <laughs> so, so this will be the last story I tell because we're we're pushing an hour and I want right, to keep it. it. I want to keep it tight. But, 
Uh, I'm probably gonna have to break this up into two, but anyway, uh, so when I met my wife is, is 1999, 98 is 1998. I came home 1999, 1999. I came home from school for the summer and I was out at the bar with some friends and we had a mutual friend. She was working at the bar as like the beer tub girl. Okay. And I'm talking to her, just chatting it up. <clears throat> and Patricia comes walking up with her friends and she's all bubbly and doing the thing. And, and she walks away. We didn't even interact. Like we didn't even interact. I didn't, I was just like, I was just looking at her and I said to our friend, I said, Hey, what's, what's your friend's name? And she told me and, and she's like, but I'm not going to, you ain't. Yeah, you ain't messing that you up. Ain't, you ain't dating her. <laughs> like, I'm not going. No, yeah, absolutely ain't, not. I ain't in the middle of this. But I just said, whatever. You don't matter. I mean. There you go. <laughs> you aren't the one. So uh, I ended up seeing her on the dance floor. I approached her and talked to her for a minute. But I was, I she put up the wall, you know. Yeah. And uh, so I, whatever. It is what it is. And then ironically, like two nights later, I saw her out at a local pub where, you know, I was with a friend. We were having cocktails. She was on a date. With another dude. Oh, okay. And he went to the restroom. What'd you do? Swooped in. How quick? Real quick. What'd you say? I said, hey, I said, um, can I get your phone number? And she says, no, I'm on a date. I said, I know you are. But that's a date. It's a date. I said, but um, he's either going to come out of the bathroom and see me talking to you, or I'll have your phone number at my table, and he won't know anything. Mm. And she's like, Okay, and she gives me your number. Right number? R- the right number. Oh. It was her cell phone, too. It was right when cell phones were not. She had a Nextel? She, no, she had a Nokia. Oh, that little green dun, one. Dun, that dun, little do <laughs> Yeah, I know that one. So I get her number. I go <laughs> I go back to my, the table with my boy, <laughs> and he comes back and sits down, and I called her. <laughs> That's dope. I called her. That's dope. She pick up? Oh, no, she sent me the voicemail. Okay. So I called her again. <laughs> And she sent me the voicemail again and, and I could see the look on her face because she's looking at me over her shoulder, you know. And uh anyway, long story short, I got her to go out with me. Uh we went on our first date and then she ended up getting me in to the club on his guest list. Oh wow. That was fun. Oh wow. Uh and then uh she ended up not, you know, going out with him. I think she went out with him like one more time while we were just getting to know each other and that was a thank you for getting us in the club. Pretty much. That's what that that's what that was. Right. But it was just funny because she wanted nothing to do with me at like the first two, three times we interacted. And then it, 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 it looked now. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are. Went through your lowest times. Yeah. She's my rock, man. That's what's up. So, but, uh, so yeah, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Uh, yeah, we got we to have a part two. Yeah. We're just getting to the, the middle of Wayne. Lacey. <laughs> uh cam thanks for coming in and doing thanks this for me, me. i appreciate thank it you for having me so uh so yeah check us out uh cam's episode is up as well um i think we're gonna have a part two with him on there too because there's a lot more i'd like to talk about with him oh jesus and uh if you want to partake in an episode with what you're talking about with wayne what you talking about you can hit my email at lacy1wa at yahoo.com and uh We'll get you on. So thanks for tuning in and tune in next time. Thank you.